Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, and also your host. And just before we begin the show, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Simi Brody. You can check out her story by going back to episode 29 on The Francisca Show. And if you are interested in buying some beautiful Judaica-themed paintings for your home or your gallery, please make sure to get in touch with me or with Simi Brody directly by emailing simi.brody at gmail.com. One more thing before we start the show, I'd just like to say that your feedback is so valuable and so helpful. I'm growing with each episode and I love hearing from all the incredible listeners out there who are PMing me, WhatsApping me <laughs> to give me ideas and feedback. Uh, some of them are positive, some negative, but it's okay. I love when you reach out. I love hearing back from you. I love hearing your ideas. So keep tuning in. Help us grow this podcast. Share this with your friends and family and anyone else who you think is going to benefit from listening. And here is our show. Hello, everyone. So excited to be doing this show. Now we upped it to once a week. And today on the show, we have... Rebetzin Tap, a.k.a. Carrie Barcone, who lives in Israel right now. I'll give you the floor. We decided before this interview that we'll only focus three to five minutes on your history pre-being an observant Jewish Orthodox woman, and then we'll go on to all the cool newer things that you've been doing and the challenges as being a woman in the Kalisha market. Great! Francisca, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I was uh, brought up a uh, reform, reform Judaism, and uh, that's how I, I was brought up, and I eventually became religious in Israel, and in terms of my, my performing background, I was a dancer, like, you know, when I was a kid, my mom put me in soccer and dance, and I hated soccer, and then I went to dance, and quite uh, uh, early on, I was really good at it, and I'm hyper, and, you know, hyper kids have a lot of energy to practice, and uh, then they, um, Annie, the Broadway show Annie was released for... Um, worldwide, uh, the rights for every uh, theater in the uh, country were released for them to go off Broadway and be done around the country. So when it came to Orlando, I ended up getting the part of Annie in my city. And that kind of uh, transformed it from a girl that likes to dap dance to like, um, Carrie's got potential, she's really good at this. So that's kind of like my history in terms of how I got into performing. And from that, I did dance competitions and I did that a little. Then I went to gymnastics and then I went to the high school performing arts. And really, until I was about 16, I thought I was going to be a performer. This was something I knew I was good at. I was always the lead of the school show. I'm a natural smiler. I enjoy it. Um, that's a little bit of more of my background and, you know, wanting to be a performer and knowing that one of the things that I was good at in the world was bringing joy to people. More than just performing, like I also want most personality and I'm the anti-personality type. Like I'm, I'm able to bring energy to a group. I'm energy to, able to bring joy to a group. But I knew that that was one of my gifts and I liked it. So that's a huge, um, you know, skill and gift that I had as a kid to know what I'm good at and what I like to do. Okay. You got that. You did it really fast. So you started building your brand name. You created videos for children, uh, Jewish-themed videos. I saw some of them. I guess you started with an album and then some of them became videos. Could you just take us Uh, through some of that? Yeah, I'll take you through that just thing. Um, so basically, you know, when I was 16, I became super disillusioned with the acting profession when I really understood what it meant to be an actor. And I was kind of at that age, you start to think about 
you know, who you want to be in the world and what you want to be. And I think it's just, you know, shallow and lying and, you know, like I didn't want to promote products that I'd never tried and I didn't want to be in movies or TV shows that maybe I didn't agree with. So I had a big disillusionment with acting and I dropped it. I totally dropped it and I went on and I lived life and I became Balshuva and I found meaning in other ways. I came to Israel and I became religious and I went to a helping profession and I'm a chiropractor and I do body work and that's what I do majority of the time. I taught aerobics. I just, I just moved on um, to making my mark in the world and living a happy life. And then when I came back to Israel, this is now my early 30s. I graduated the high school performing arts at 18. I think I taught tap dance when I was 19. But other than that, I haven't done a thing. I was in a different mode because I just moved to Israel. And I was in a very, yes, where's life going to take me mode. And the year I moved here, uh, the local production was doing Annie. And my friend called me up and she said, they're doing Annie. And I think you used to perform as a kid. Your mom once told me maybe you'd want to audition. And I didn't want to say no. And I didn't want to I was tired of saying, I don't see that anymore. Acting shallow. I, I wasn't, didn't want to be that person anymore. So I was like, yes, I love Annie. I'm going to do it. And um, that's called the Zerhamid Show and by Regal Productions. And it turns out it was, I thought I was doing a community show just to get involved and meet people and moving to a new community and, and kind of stepping back into acting. And uh, really, it ended up being a huge production. And, and the, the DVD sells all around the world. And until then, I had really never thought about the female entertainment world of religious people never crossed my mind that there was like a market or a need for female performers in the Jewish world because they were kind of two different parts of my life. So I did this show and then um, from that we did The Wizard of Oz and I started teaching tap dance in my community and I saw people would come up to me and they would say the only DVD they let their kids watch is um, the Zerhamet show, which was an amazing productions and you should go out and you should watch them. And I thought to myself like, oh my gosh, that's the only thing you're watching? There's a real need. Like, I could come up with other ideas in addition to a knockoff of Annie. So from that, I thought like, oh, I'm going to make um, like DVDs for children. And my husband, who's so creative and smart, he came up with the idea of the rabbits and tap plot. Like I was thinking maybe we'll do a dance along, which we did do later. And he said, no, let's do an adventure where we have a Shabbos adventure. And we walked them through. And he came up with the name rabbits and tap. And it was really just like there's a need for Jewish entertainment for Jewish girls. And I was coming from an idealistic place, and all of a sudden I realized people are buying DVDs. And that was just seeing the need. People would want that. People would enjoy that. And we started with our first DVD, which was Get Ready for Shabbos. And successful, not successful, successful for the Jewish world. We did it. People bought it. And then we made the next one, which was Jewish Holiday Apartment. And this one was each room. We rent a holiday apartment. Each room is a different holiday. And then we moved on to, that's when we came out with the CD, actually. We took those two music and we made a CD. Then we came up with other ones, which was uh, the dance along, uh, how to act, uh, how to tap dance. And that was the Rebbe's and Tapa, Shlav, Tukufa, time period. Okay, and just to recap, you say successful in the observant world. So today people buy DVDs less. I think Correct. in Israel, in the more Haredi, more conservative communities, they do buy DVDs more because they do not want internet in their homes, and DVDs allows for them to have controlled um, entertainment. Uh, how would you say... Well, that's Kufa. That time period is over. That was the time period of DVDs. DVDs is over. Don't go into DVDs, ladies. That market's done. <laughs> okay, so you when... You can only sell something that people want. When was that, and did you break even or make any money on it? That's my question. Uh, let's see the first one my son was is now 11 and he was uh he was born for the second one so we're talking like 13 years ago and this is this is you know at the time this was what people were watching we used to buy dvds for our kids you didn't just go into the internet so so at the time it was appropriate so we're about 13 years ago 
So I made money on those. Okay. I always feel, uh, I feel like I want, maybe I'll address this now because you touched upon it. When people come up to me and they have an entertainment um, um, idea, hobby, and they're thinking of taking oh. it to the next level, I feel mixed. Because number one, you have my advice going through, you know, this is my life advice, so everybody can take it what they want. Um, you have to make sure that you also love it and you also know your motivation. Because doing to a market of just women and just religious women, and for me, religious women under the age of 10, it's a very limited market. This is not a money maker. If you're going in to make money, then let's brainstorm some better ideas. Now, if you're going into it because you have a passion for this, can you make some money? Yes. And that's what I did. So if a young person is coming to me, my advice to them is find another, other careers that help the world, that you can feel satisfied, but can make you money. If you're going, if you need to find ways to make money, we need to think about money-making careers. Now, as a Jewish artist, I'm a Jewish artist that makes money with my Jewish art that I feel very mission-driven and I'm happy to share how to do that. Well, I love how practical you are and how you put a lot of thought into this and you have your go-to advice and it's great. It's really perfect. It hits on the... Thank you. It hits everyone on the head, into the heart. <laughs> and also, you know, like if you're a young person listening, if you want to be paid, you have to learn something, become better than other people, and then do that. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm a chiropractor. I've been doing it for 12 years. Hold on, my mic lost. There we go. I'm oh, a chiropractor. Yes. I've been doing it 12 years. I'm very good, and people pay me good money. Just the other day, someone wants to know if I can do a free karaoke event. This is a different thing if I want to do it because I love it, but they're not going to pay me the same amount as, as, uh, as, as a professional that I learned in school and I got trained for. Okay. So, Absolutely. Great. So I'd like to go into and focus more on your passion, mission-driven idealism in the Kolisha market and entertainment world in the Kolisha market. You started the Facebook group called Kolisha for women and girls only. That's me. How many users, how many members do you have? Oh, we're over 6,000. I don't know the exact number anymore, but we're over 6,000. And just tell me a little bit about how you came up with the idea, how fast it grew. You got coverage all over when this was popping. It's still being used on a daily basis. So just take us through this a little bit. Okay, fine. I, I want to say even things that look like an instant success, very rarely are an instant success. So if you have an idea and it doesn't like reach 6,000 in six months, it doesn't mean it's a dud. Just want to put that out there. And even when it was an it, like it grew very quicker more than a lot of other ideas, there were still a lot of connections that I had. Like I already had a fa uh, following on Facebook as Rabbits and Tap that I was able to tap into when I started a new group. I already had Rabbits and Tap fans that helped to grow when I had credibility and trustworthiness and everybody knew like the mission and, and, and believed in it. So that helped it rolling. You know, it, it didn't spring. Even though sometimes you see someone else's successful idea, it looks like it sprang out of nothing. You could try your idea. And most ideas need some work and this one needed some work too. But that being said, it was, it was a winner idea, and the fact that it grew so quickly um, testifies that there was a need. Like, if you're pushing so hard and it's not growing, then maybe your idea is just a little bit of a dud. So this was a good idea that had some history behind it that I, that I you know, got the ball rolling for. Okay, great. So you asked me about how I thought of it. Uh, again, before I get there, I want to say I think it's really important um, to know that not every idea I had was fantastic. I had the idea right before that, and I want to tell you about it just so you know that you don't think that, you know, like I have a, I have a golden finger. <laughs> like if you try an idea that does, you can try your next idea. I had an idea before that called Jewish Arts Academy, 
when we were going to do courses online. And I contacted a few people. You're going to teach different courses. And, and we're going to connect to the Jewish world through different courses. Dotted, didn't do it. People didn't want to sign up for courses online. And, you know, so it could have been, you know, defleeting. But it wasn't defleeting. It was like, okay, something's wrong about that idea, even though I know Jewish women want to connect. Next. Then I just had this idea of, okay, what if we took the phone and we started singing to each other? And it really grew out of this thought I had, which was, okay, you're a man, and you, if you're a man, and you have come out with a song, then you have an audience to put it out so you can reach out to the internet. And remember, we're shifting onto internet in the past few years. So if you have a woman, you can't just put it on the internet. And now women are just writing Kolishan doing it. But at the time, it wasn't socially what was going on, or, or, or it wasn't what was going on. It was looked proud. I'd never seen it before. And so I was like, okay, we need a space. Where if a woman comes out with something, she has her audience built in. So that was floating in my head that that didn't exist for women. The other thing that was floating around my head was women in general, not just the performers, people have a desire to sing, and they're not going to invest in rabbits like a rabbits and tap. They're not going to make DVDs. They're not going to get professional music done. But they're also, like I'm saying, there's people who want to sing. They don't want to make a career of it, but they're good. They're not good. They enjoy it. And, and, and where's the form for them and, like, wanting to build that? These were the ideas kind of floating around in my head that kind of the idea just came to me. So I just had this idea. Let's take the phone, let's put it on myself, and let's sing a song. So I was coming off of Rabbits and Tap, coming off this other idea that didn't make it, and both of them were ideas where it was very well-groomed. I, um, you know, my, my wig's just perfect, I edit it just so, everything is like, you know, people want to pay for something that was well-groomed, and that was the look at the time. So I specifically broke from that because I wanted to attract an everyday woman and just without that pressure. So I didn't do that, and I picked up my phone, and everybody watched me start the music, and I just said, hi, my name is Carrie, and, you know, let's start singing to each other, and this can be a place where we can be supportive, and we can help each other build and grow, and I just sang, like, getting to know you, <laughs> getting to know you, and, and then I reached out to all these different communities, and, and, and it took off really quick. It was amazing. So that's incredible because you really started something. You created something that did not exist before. And you did mention how there was a shift from uh, women not being comfortable posting things available to the public, even if they're labeling it, to that which is happening a lot. I started when YouTube was just coming out and I started a YouTube channel and I did informational videos for children, which again, there's no money in that. Zero. None. (laughs) And, um, And I putting my, my song and dancing on it. I, I, I never seen another woman do that. Just the mere fact that I said, this is Hanukkah, this is what it's about, people came up to me and they're like, how do you feel comfortable being on YouTube? It was already, you know, when there's a new technology, it was, it was, it was a step of bravery to do that. And um, Do you feel like there were people who ostracized you for doing that and you were well, I feel considered like not every kosher? every step of the way, this is one of the messages, thank you for bringing this up, that I'd like to say, ladies! If you want to make your mark in the world and you have a passion project, you have to think really hard what your mission statement is and be really in line with your own values and be able to put that in the world because lots of steps are along the way. There's people who say, you're amazing, Carrie, and there's people who are like, that's amazing, but I would never feel comfortable doing that. And then you have just straight out, you shouldn't be doing that. And no matter what you do, someone's going to be unhappy with you. You cannot make your mark in this world without somebody giving you their disapproval, and you have to learn to receive it, hear it, and then brush it off your shoulder. You cannot, that, that, let's say I have 100 people that tell me it was amazing, it was fantastic, and one person says, uh, 
Uh, I think in Robinson Cap, you should have said, buckle up. You really had an opportunity and you lost it. I could hyper-obsess for a day. Oh, my gosh, I should have said, buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, I mean, we wore seatbelts, but we, why didn't I say, buckle up? And she's right. And we're so self-critical. You will not get 100% approval. And anything you do, someone's going to be unhappy. And women, we have to learn to not let this stop us or get so sensitive on it to let all the good that we bring to the world, all the compliments be pushed to the side because one person doesn't isn't in line with your values. If there was uh, a hierarchy of, you know, the more challenging restrictions that from women have, would you say that because your target audience are girls under 10, that made it a little bit, it was people were more lenient on you because they weren't expecting older men to go watch that because they're well, that's how, videos. I mean, if you look out, there's, I mean, let's go back 10 years, 15 years. There really aren't so many women DVDs at all at all so the mere fact that I was doing it and like some men you know what's it's like it's like dude I am making a children's video you don't need to be watching it and like I am making a children's video I'm not taking responsibility for what you're doing if you're watching your so it was easier for me to take a step back well on the internet that jump to the internet was different because it was like oh it's so easily accessible to men and, and that was a jump that happened culturally after I started that you know that at the beginning that, I, that at the beginning didn't exist for me. Okay, so before we go on to the Colisha radio station and then your new Instagram account, I'd like to focus a little bit on your shift, your ideals or values as you brought that up. So you started off with being in the performing arts and then you had this rebellious streak where you rejected all of that because it was shallow, it did not represent your values. And then you shift to the other side and then here you are accepting or I don't know if you approve of it or not but there are people who uh, hold that you should not post anything even if you're labeling it just because it's available so I just want to know your hashkafic your philosophical thoughts throughout this time have you evolved have your thoughts changed how has the internet changed or shifted your sure. perspective I think first of all it's very important people can shift and if you asked me four years ago what I what you know when you first see things is just the shock value and I think there's a lot of questions around this. And I don't want, I'm, I'm hesitant to talk about where I am personally because I think that I don't want to separate women. One thing I love about Koli Shah is we have many different Hashgaka groups, Hashgaka groups and you can and you can be where you're at and we can all, we're just unifying through the arts. So if I say where I am, it's like, well, I don't agree with her there and, and I don't want to get into that. I carry, I can see that women are doing it. I can see the positive influence they make in the world and I'm becoming more accepting of it, too, because I see that it's done and it's making a positive difference. Uh, we would like to say halakhic is a, is a hardcore line, but some halakhas are, you know, influenced by the, um, uh, you know, what actually the halakha is, is questionable and, and, and more fluid in figuring that out. And I think there's room for all those things. And I think that that's reflected by, you know, pretty frum women and serious women that are doing it means that there is room in the halakha and there's hashkafically and socially a need for it. And I accept them and love them and, and, and dipping my own toe into that world. And what about the people who think it's a slippery slope? Where do you think it will right. go? Everybody. At what point will it still be okay? And are there any well, lines you, know, you a, would not accept? If we're having a one-on-one conversation, you want to tell me about your mental dynamics in your community and the, with the norms of your kid's school, and um, then I would have that conversation with somebody. But I'm not, I'm not here and I'm going to judge the slippery slope of where Froom life might go. There's a lot of, you know, I love being from. I do. I love Shabbos. I love, I love being a woman. But, you know, I could come up with a lot of 
criticisms that we need to work on. And women singing labeling a coolie shot is not the first thing that I would have a problem with, and I don't think that's the first slippery slope problem we have. And so I, everybody should just do what they feel comfortable. Okay, and what is the first slippery slope? I'm really curious because you live in a different community than I do in Ramah Beit Shemesh, and I, I don't know exactly which part you live in, but it's pretty to the right. I would say it is not modern Orthodox. Am I right? I, ha- I have a lot of faith in Judaism, in the Jewish world, that there's enough room for, for, for Jewish women and where they're at. The women that are like, I want to preserve traditional roles as much as traditional roles can. I think that we're following halakha and some of this, you know, is not halakhic and, and, and should be allowed. I think there's a lot of room for wherever somebody is to hold that person and people should make their own decisions. Okay, so you've definitely stated your clear position on this topic. And I admire and respect the fact that you differentiate halakha with with minhagamakom, with expectations and standards of communities versus Jewish law. And you're staying objective and being open to the positive impact that it is creating on, on the new generation. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And, and life is different. Life is changing. I'll tell you another thing. Uh, you Maybe you don't know this, but we'll talk about it now, which is I was in, I was um, I started this um, poster campaign where I was putting pictures, posters of uh, women's faces around the city because me, Carrie, I think there's a big problem when you start erasing women's faces from publications, calling that halakha or sneeze when it's not halakha. You know, so that's, that's my personal thing. But to be part of Holy Shop, you know, I, I, we're really just creating a place to celebrate women and support women. Um, you know, I carry feel comfortable being in the spotlight about the things that I think are problematic and, and, and doing that. And that was one of the things that I actually have been involved in. And Tell me more about what got you... I know what got you, it gets me too, but where did you start and is there anything else? Do you want to talk besides... about my poster campaign or women's faces in public? Is oh, yes. Is that was the topic? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So, like, there was this, um, very close to where I lived, there was a building site, and it's a big building site, and there was a long wall. It's an old age home going up. Elder, it's not an old age, it's elderly housing. A long wall, and it was all white men with little kids. <laughs> and it, it was, it's, like, almost humorous, like, is it just an old white man's home? Like, what's going on with that? So just my way of life is to just, I, I don't want to, I'm ready to have a happy life and make my difference in a happy way. So I'm like, I'm trying to say I'm not an overly angry person. Or, so I would jog past it. I would say like, this is hysterical. This is just ridiculous. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we put up a picture of the Golden Girls? So I did. I printed out these very large posters of the Golden Girls, and it said, Shana Tova from the Golden Girls. And I, I, I put it on the wall of the old, the old men. And, you know, it's just making a point And, you know, this is making a point. I carry, have a problem with this. I carry, think we should be inclusive of women. And uh, from that, it created a little hullabaloo in my community. And people wanted to sponsor the posters and people wanted to, like, you realize there were a lot of people that had a huge problem with it and didn't know what to do or didn't really have a reaction of what the appropriate reaction would be, even though they didn't support that and kind of just went along. And uh, then I started making posters every single week and putting them up every single week for, like, months. And some of them were funny, like, um, the Where's the Beef Women from the 80s? She's, like, on a big hamburger, and she says, Where's the women? And then there's another one. But some of them are more harif, more spicy, uh, where a woman's in a, um, a – we have these real estate ads where they show all the men, but they don't show the women's faces. So I have the men's faces, and then I have women in burqas. And then I say, you know, looking for a real estate agent? And then I say, not showing women's faces hurts them financially and push them into poverty. You know, and then all of a sudden it was like, 
some of the women that thought, you know, some of the, I don't want to say, some of the people that thought the other ones were funny, it was like, okay, this is no longer funny, you're now, you know, pushing my buttons, and I did get to push some buttons, that one's a, a norm that I don't, that I have a problem with. And good for you. Okay, so I see a pattern here. You invest your time, your energy into something you're clearly passionate about, and you'll even invest yeah. money into it as well. And that also nicely transitions us into your Kalisha radio station. I know when you were going to start it way back a year or two ago, you called me up and asked me if I would want to be a part of it, which was super nice. I didn't expect to be asked permission. I would be glad if anyone wanted to play my music anywhere. And then you said you went ahead and bought my albums. I I don't know if it was before or after I said okay. I would have. I I'm happy to contribute my music. I'm saying this because you bought my music. You went out and you purchased albums and albums. I don't know how many of so many artists to put that onto the Kalisha radio station, which is incredible. So give us your side of the story. How that started. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, so I just want to say, like, you know, as you grow up and you kind of are saying you got to take a deep breath and get in line with your values, you kind of realize what your values are and what your missions are in the world. So for me, Carrie, one of the things I'm passionate about is, first of all, I'm passionate about building up the Jewish community because um, if the Jews don't build up the Jewish community, who's going to? So, like, as a Jew, I feel a deep responsibility to Jews. That's part of moving to Israel and, and that whole <laughs> direction. But also I feel passionate about women and building up women. Like if you look back at all my projects starting from Rebus and Tap and the uh, Facebook group and the posters, they're all about empowering women and helping women find their voice. And um, I think that it's more challenging because of a woman's natural personality and because of our place in general society and also our place in religious society, not place, our role, that, that it's harder for us to use our voice, find our voice. And when I was talking earlier about not letting criti other people's criticism stop you so quickly. That's another thing I'm talking about. Uh, women finding their voices and Jewish women finding their voices a, is something that needs to be grown and nurtured, and that's one of my passions in life. So, so uh, I was trying to lead that into the Kolishar radio station, just wanting to build different projects that build Jewish women. Because you know, if, you if you're a Jewish woman, you don't build Jewish women. You know, who's going to? Um, can I go back one second, though, really quickly, if you don't mind? Sure. And... Um, Another thing I really, really loved about, I love about the Kolisha Facebook group is because we're talking kind of artistically, but one thing I, I'm super proud of and, and, and invested in it because of is I see its role in building women up. It's not just about or only or even mostly about performing or having a performance career. It's really about you see women, this is my first time and I know it's not so good and, and, and you know, and, and I'm sorry, my voice is bad, all this self-criticism, self-criticism, you know, uh, insecurity. And then they do it, and then the women are building them up. That was amazing. I love your voice. I love that song. Your nisham is so beautiful. And then you see the second time they post how much more self-confident they are. And, and that process of empowering women is one of my um, – empowering people in general, but I'm specifically good at women because I'm a woman, and, and I feel passionate about it. I have a yeah, question about the collegiate group. So we have a combination of people m making their own videos – from their computers, singing to backing tracks from YouTube, to uh, full-fledged professional music videos that are posted. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. That is so cool. But are there any dynamics there of any restrictions or any things you don't like? Sometimes I feel uncomfortable posting there because I feel like I'm imposing a certain level that will make other women uncomfortable posting their self-made videos. 
Did my you care? are a beautiful soul, and I love that you said that because it shows your level of sensitivity. And I love that question because it says such a refinement that most people don't have that you actually aware that. Like we talk about all the all this all the time. You don't make your bar mitzvah for two nights because you raise the standards of the community. So I think that's a beautiful thought that you just said, and I think it's twofold. I think that um, in this form, this is the form for artists, and there is sometimes an inspiration level, like. When I go and I do something really good too, you also inspire. So like there's a there's a difference. Like I've been I've done both. Well, sometimes I post videos that are you know quite edited and I'm trying to display my high level of talent and training. And then I have other videos where I'm dancing in my kitchen. And I think both are worthwhile values. And and you're not going to hide your talent and your shine because it makes other people realize that their <laughs> that their talent level isn't as high as yours. So but but I think that I did make efforts to have videos that were more casual and and fun and, you know, soul giving. And I had videos that were more high end. And I think that there's a place in this group for both of them. But the fact that you have that sensitivity is a really beautiful thing. Thank you. Well, you gave me an idea. I think I'll actually look into making more casual videos. So I'm not just and if one-sided. This is a business tip, uh, if this podcast is trying to give more business tips too, I would like to say there is a style of being more casual that is more popular today than was in previous times. Like in previous times, you wouldn't go on YouTube and talk. That would That would be... You wouldn't seem like an authority, but I see that this is a style and people like it. So you should you should adopt that. And if you are a, a woman trying to start, it's actually easier now than it's ever been before because the style of being very casual and real is more popular, and and you don't have to invest as much in your editing and your quality. And so um, so go for it. And just to elaborate on what you're saying, it's definitely easy to start today. It's the easiest to start today. It's the hardest to be different or to be better or to create something because it's so over saturated there's so much information no there's so much okay, information the out there you have to stand out somehow so I that's hard as a jewish woman you have so much to give give it right the world is oversaturated with stuff and you have so much to give as a jewish woman it's just like i never feel competitive because it's just like please we need more jewish women podcasts and jewish women singers and jewish women influencers like our gift is is uniquely with our, our with our Jewish you know lens on it. We need to give it as much as we can because there's so much going on. Well, I agree with you. There's no room for competition here, at least not yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, um, and I don't make enough money to feel competitive. <laughs> I love I love that. That's just raw. That's real. So let's go back to the radio uh, because, station. Okay, great. So a few things. The radio station. I had an idea that um, right now. Um, if you want to listen to women's music, you have to buy a CD. And this is just when CDs are just starting to lower down. And who's going to go out and buy 20 CDs right now? And it's just like there's all this talented music. And my first idea actually was this. I did the Rebbits and Tab DVD, which was a dance-along, and I took 12 different artists and I danced to their songs. It was kind of, it, that was the idea. It was supposed to be a Unity DVD. And even then, it didn't have the same, like, you know, I wanted to do more bringing Jewish women together. So the idea is, you could have a, a Jewish women's group, and you don't have more than three girls' DVDs, women's DVDs, so that you could put on the radio station and be exposed to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of songs, and we're somewhere between 50 and 100 different Jewish women artists, and then maybe you would go on and hear them in concert or buy the CDs, but that you could be exposed to the breadth of the Jewish world and, you know, have access to that, because right now, how would you have access to that? They're not on YouTube, and you just wouldn't have a way to be able to collect Jewish women's music, so just a collection be in a school, be in a group, be an individual, and be able to play that and have that. It's on a shuffle. Shuffle of Jewish women's music was, um, you know, to empower to the access of the artist to the listener. 
So I love that. And I just want to say how I'm sort of trying to do the same thing. So you're doing this niche all straight up onto the music. And with this podcast, we're also compiling together, we're bringing Jewish women in the arts and entertainment onto one platform. And we're showcasing their stories and their mission behind what they're doing with their struggles and making making them real people instead of just seeing their art. So I feel like we're definitely contributing. We're working together <laughs> alongside pr- I love it. collaborating and bringing everyone I together. I love that mission. First of all, how, how can anyone access the Kalisha radio station? Okay, so right, there's two ways. It's on my website, which is rebisontap.com. And then when you get there, it's right there. Or there's a Facebook page. When you go into Facebook, put in, you can, if you put in Coley Shaw, you're going to get Coley Shaw group, which was the Singing to Women group. And then you're going to get the radio station. So then you can go on that Facebook page and press play. Right. And I have suggested this to you in the past. Someone has to be on Facebook to access it. And if there are other apps open, they cannot listen to it and do other things either on their phone. Well, on a computer, they can definitely multitask. I was just going to propose having a separate app that could run at the same time Anybody as other Anybody who wants things. to sponsor the Coley Star Radio app, I will receive that donation and make that happen. Okay, great. I'm happy we put that out. that's a great idea, and that would be the next step. Okay, amazing. I love how you're open to feedback. And uh, my other constructive criticism was when I was listening to the radio station, it's amazing how so many women are doing this, but all the styles and genres are so different. Because it's on shuffle, I'm listening to Broadway, and then I'm going to hip indie, and and lullabies, and then children's music, and then it's just classical. There's up and down, and anyone sitting down to listen to music usually wants a consistent playlist. I totally get and I thought about that. If we had a bigger audience that was sponsored and we could make a Jewish relaxing station and a Jewish kids station and a Jewish more rock station. But at this point in this time, it, it, that there's, there's not enough sponsorship to do that for me to personally sponsor that. So it's really just a forum to, I made peace with it because I love that idea and I thought of that idea, but that's a big, um, that's a money commitment, you know, and I don't know if the audience merits that. The audience, you know, we need to have an audience big enough for each station right now to merit that or that wants to pay for it. Um, so Absolutely. right now I just made peace with the idea that it's a way to learn different artists. Like right now if you're in a group and you have a hulu or you're in a school, then you can go and you can listen and you can hear different artists. And, and that's what it is. And I want to say one other thing that it accomplishes, because you're right, it doesn't accomplish everything, including that, which would be nice. Uh, let's say you're a, girl, you're a boy and you go and you learn to play guitar and you do a song. You're going to play it here, you can play it there, you can go on the radio, you can make a CD, you can play it at you know, public events. But if you're a girl, like, there's a little bit that you could feel like, what's the point? I can sing it for my family. Like, actually, if she makes it and she produces it, it's a certain level of quality, she can actually go on the radio station. And there's something empowering about being included and building people up. Like, I include the, like camp, uh, the, the camp songs and their end-of-the-year song. It's like there's something cool. You, you invested in a song, and now you're on the radio, and I'm trying to build the muscle up. You have an idea. You can do your idea and make an impact on the Jewish world. And I feel like the fact that there's a place that girls can put their songs is is just that makes it worthwhile. Carrie, you are so incredible. Besides from learning so much from you just from talking to you, I feel like we've definitely put out feelers for other people who are also passionate about these projects, how they can be involved or they can participate to take this to the next level or help be a part of this and grow this. You're all about empowering Jewish women and empowering people in general. So do you want to tell everyone about your Instagram uh, Okay, great. Account? So let's say I have a minute, we'll I'll sum that. it all up. 
the general idea that the, the world and the Jewish world has now gotten into uh, media and social media and internet, that not only, you know, we have awareness of it, but now Jews are on it. We have a responsibility to be leaders on it. So with Instagram, I could say, oh, I don't want to do Instagram. I don't want to. Actually, this is where young people are at. And if you want to influence young people, then you need to be on social media. People are on social media. And if you want to reach your audience, you want to make an impact in the world, then you need to go where they are. So that's the start of Instagram. And I started my own account, which is Carrie Barcom, which is a mixture of me and positive messages and finding your joy and choosing joy and, and loving yourself. And then I started another account called Jewish Creative Women, where I just reposted other Jewish women. So when you have young Jewish people, or, or anybody can come, all Jewish people too, and you're scrolling through, you don't just see the silliness, the stars, the celebrities, you're also going to see creative, dynamic Jewish women. And I feel like when people are going through their Instagram, they get that little flash of, oh, Jewish women are awesome, Jewish women are creative. So come on over to at Jewish Creative Women on Instagram, and, and that's my mission, to try to meet people where they're at and inspire them. Thank you. And one more compliment on behalf of someone who is a millennial who finds it extremely challenging to put myself more out there on social media, especially Instagram. Forget about Snapchat. I really admire how you just forget about technological challenges and starting new things and you dive in and you build a huge brand out of it. So call um, Thank you very much. Trying to, you know, like I said, if I could give one tip, be clear on your mission, be clear what your values are, and then and then go and do it. We're, 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 you know, have your mission and spread it in the world. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, Carrie. You have so many beautiful messages, and you have so much light you want to give, and you want to encourage other people to give that light as well. And you're just thank you. shining. So, nice. so thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your tips and sharing your vision and sharing your passion with us. And thank you for your platform of bringing us all together and having a place we can hear all these great Jewish women talking and what they're doing and inspire people. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, please make sure to write a review and subscribe and tell your friends to check us out as well. See you next time.